On today's Locked On Angels, the owners are preparing to send their next proposal to the players to try and end this lockout. Rob Manfred had a press conference finally for only the second time during this lockout. Let's watch it, react to it, and break it down for you. That's right now on Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. I'm Steve Granato. We have to watch this press conference right now. Again, Rob Manfred met with the media on Thursday morning. So let's go ahead and watch it. We're going to have a little bit of a different style. So we're just going to watch it in its entirety. And we're going to kind of go through it together and talk about it here. So let's go ahead and jump right to that right now. With respect to labor, let, let, let me start with the most important point. Um, the clubs, our owners fully understand um, how important it is to our fans that we get the game on the field as soon as possible. Um, we want to reach a fair agreement with the Players Association, and we want to do that quickly. Um, oh, okay. We have listeners. So he said he wants to get this done quickly, right? Like if that were the case, like straight up, if they wanted to get this done quickly, they would have started negotiating back in December or never would have even imposed a lockout in the first place. So remember that as we go through this, remember they did not need to put this into a lockout to begin with, right? That's what they did. And then never went to the negotiate table in all of December. So we didn't start talking until January. And carefully throughout this negotiation, and we have moved towards the players on key areas in an effort to address their concerns. We've proposed an agreement that is better in every respect than the expired contract. Barely. <laughs> For the first time in history, and despite substantial opposition by some clubs, We've agreed to institute a draft lottery to address the players' concern about clubs not competing. Okay, so the draft lottery, right? Like, so this is obviously better than the current system that is in place, right? Where it's just straight up rewarding for the teams that are tanking, right? That's what draft lottery is trying to address. But it's still not like draft lottery is like this end-all, be-all great thing. Like, it still does reward losing teams, right? It just isn't like direct in your face because if you're going to like an NBA-style draft lottery, right, that means the NBA does it this way. It's all the teams that don't make the playoffs and then guaranteed that the team with the worst record receives no worse than the fifth pick, right? So again, it's not like, all right, you got the worst record, you get the first pick. It's not straight up like that, but it's, again, it's a lottery. And so it's not like a 100% fix or anything. Yes, it's a good step in the right direction, um, but it's not incentivizing winning, which is kind of like what I've seen people and what I've personally like, I like incentivizing winning as opposed to rewarding losing, right? That's how you really get away from tanking, but Yes, this is a step in the right direction, but it isn't the end-all, be-all. All right, let's keep going. The players have said throughout the process that a key priority is getting young players paid more. We agree, and we actually share that goal. That's why we've proposed to increase pay to young players through significantly increased minimum salaries and by accepting the concept brought forward by the players of a bonus pool 
for the game's best young stars. Okay, so let's start with the minimum salaries. Right? Okay, so yes, the minimum salaries in the latest proposals or whatever proposals that we have seen thus far have been raised, right? So the current number in 2021, the minimum salary was 570.5 thousand, right? That was the minimum salary. Um, and but over the last couple of years and over, you know, for years and years, that number does climb like steadily. But by the last couple of years, that's only goes up about five or ten thousand uh, a year. Right. So it's not like making these significant strides. So the latest offer prior to the Saturday one, as we're recording this, is they offered a tiered system. This is Major League Baseball offered a tiered system for the, M- uh, the pre ARB players. So first year players would make 615,000, second year players would make 650, so that's 30, 35,000 more, and then third year players would make 700k. So it's not changing too much. Like yes, it's on a, a stronger scale, on a steeper scale, but it's not like this massive leap, right? So all the way up to 700k for three third year players. So it's not changing as much as it sounds because right now they are already steadily climbing. So it's not that big of a departure. The union's most recent proposal is they wanted to set a minimum at 775,000 straight up for all players. Then that grows uh, to 875,000 over time, right? So they the players want a much bigger leap, right? Because going from 570 to 775, that's almost, you know, that's over 200k a year. Um, but so that's, it's it's kind of a difference of opinions in that regard. So they are closer on that one. If they're anything that they're close on, it's, you know, kind of the minimum salary. Now the bonus pool that he brought up, right? They are so far off on the bonus pool. Remember Major League Baseball or Major League Baseball Players Association said 105 million for that bonus pool and then MLB countered with 10 million. So that's like way off, right? So when when Rob's trying to say like, yeah, this has been we're we're trying to make the league minimums and we're trying to do this and that, it's like they're not really that close. Yes, they have countered. Again, I would say the minimum salaries is the closest thing if you're looking for something close, but the bonus pool is so ridiculously far off. Under our proposal on the table, every single pre-arbitration player would be better off than under the previous agreement. Okay, sure. Like, (laughs) of course, yeah, of course. If you make any, like, small change, of course, that means that they're better off. But, like, that's relative, right? So you got to keep that in scope whenever he's saying something like that. Keep it in scope. It's relative, right? I'm better off tomorrow if I find five bucks on the ground, right? So, yes, I'm better off. But that doesn't mean, like, it's a good thing. So be wary of how these press conferences get worried on these, like, little opening statements kind of thing. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This time of year, I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but this year, nope, I'm sticking to them thanks to Built Bar. And, and by the way, have you checked out those Built Bar puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the be- best Built Bars ever made. Uh, puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite already with some incredible flavors like those churros, the coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. They're going to be your new favorite, I promise. Low calorie, high protein, and replace those candy bars with these bad boys. They're better, and a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. That ain't the case with Built Bar. Go to Built.com and scroll down to that macros chart. You'll find 
everything you need, that high protein numbers, those low calories, all the good stuff. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Back here on Locked On. Angels, your first listen of the day. It's Super Week, by the way, brought to you by Get Upside. There's no better place to get coverage for the Super Bowl than the Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On Bengals, and Locked On Rams. Go check those out. All right, let's continue with this press conference here. We've agreed to a universal designated hitter and the elimination of draft choice compensation. Okay, so this was like the thing that was like kind of making bigger news on Twitter and stuff, right? So we knew the DH was coming. Don't even like... We knew that was happening. That had been agreed upon so long ago. Like we already knew that. That was not a like compromise at all. So don't even think that the owners don't care at all about the university age. It means nothing to them. Um, and for the players, for the most part, yeah, that's like doesn't mean anything to them either. It's not what the, at the heart of like what these negotiations are at. It's salaries, revenue sharing, tanking, competitiveness, like DH has nothing to do with this, right? Um, the draft pick thing, that's good, right? That's a good thing. To, the elimination of the draft pick compens- compensation, because um, there was a lot of guys that, you know, didn't accept qualifying offers and then they wouldn't get signed or would have to wait longer, right, to, to get signed. So that's why we're singing like those really quiet early off seasons a lot. Draft pick compensation was kind of one of those things. So I'm glad to see it go and I know the players will be too. These changes will improve the free agent market by creating additional jobs that are often filled by veteran players and by reducing, actually eliminating the drag from compensation. Okay, so let's go back to the DH thing, right? Like making more jobs like that's super relative, right? These teams have been playing interleague for years at this point, right? Like we've already seen that. We already know that. And the teams are equipped to deal with those situations, right? So when we play interleague, like when National League teams play interleague, like it's usually just bench players, right? Or guys who weren't going to start that day. So if anything like that the Universal DH creates, if you're looking at like how it affects teams, it's really more creating competition for that one specific roster spot, right? It's not necessarily creating a job like over time, I guess it would be, but it's more creating competition for guys within the organization to maybe retool how they approach spring training and stuff like, oh, well, I'm going to go for that DH spot as opposed to trying to be the backup second baseman or whatever. Like that kind of thing is like, I'm going to reprioritize. It's not necessarily creating new jobs. We've made a meaningful proposal directly responsive to the uh, player's longstanding uh, concern about service time of young players. We'd like to expand the playoffs, which not, it, it, it is good for players and for clubs. Um, it's also good for our fans, the vast majority of whom enjoy playoff baseball. Okay. You've heard me talk about this a million times over, right? Play Expanded playoffs are not like, isn't a great thing. It sounds good from a team that's like middling, like the Angels, right? Like going like, oh, well, if we, if they had expanded the playoffs, we would have made it. But that's not, that's the wrong mindset. Because the owners aren't coming from a place where like, oh, this is good for fans. They don't really care about that, to be frank. They care about the money that comes along with the TV contracts for that, right? That's cash in your pocket, man. That is just funneling into your pocket, right? So expanding playoffs just means that they get more money for it. It doesn't mean that 
the player, like the more teams are getting in and that's good for fans. Like that's not what they're looking at it for. And that's important. It's important to see how they view these kinds of things. Right. So you got to remember that like they offered or they wanted 16 teams. That's over half the teams making the playoffs. Not a good thing. Right. Players countered with 12 and it doesn't, it mean what that really means is that teams don't have to spend as much on players like to get in, right. They don't have to, help the club get any better because now they don't need to win as much. So that means they're spending less in free agency. That's why players are like so timid about expanding playoffs because you know how it can be manipulated in that way. You don't have to win as much to get in. So why would you sign good players, sign better players or make more improvements to your team? We think the new format will encourage more clubs to compete while giving more players the opportunity to participate in the postseason. In total, the proposals we've made would move the agreement decidedly in the player's direction. Where the clubs have been and remain unwilling to move is in response to player proposals that we believe will undermine the competitive balance in our game. For example, the player's insistence that we reduce revenue sharing will without question lead to less competition, not more, Changing the current agreement by taking resources from clubs with relatively limited revenue will make the game less competitive. And when you think about it, it's like asking people to take a pay cut. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're not taking resources away from those teams, right? He's talking about like the lower level teams, like your Pirates, your Rays or whatever. They still got plenty of money. Like it's not like these these teams are making like $20,000 a year or something. Like it's not even close to what you need to put your mindset. Like take your brain away from being like a regular person like we are, right? A regular person who goes to work every day and makes money and and pays the bills, right? That's not even close to what these owners' fan or owners' worlds are like. That's not even close to what it's like. So you're, you're at bare minimum, all these teams have multi hundred millions of dollars, right? All these owners have so much money. We can't even fathom what kind of money it's like. So, so, and, and you got to remember too, that like when MLB revenue continues to climb year after year, you're not taking a pay cut, right? Like you're still getting more money. It's just like, not, it's, just, you're not taking resources away from the teams. The teams have plenty of resources. That's the heart of this issue is they already have it. They're greedy and they want more. That's the problem here is you're greedy and you want more. And the system does not incentivize winning on the field. So you don't have to spend to get it. And, and expanded playoffs, again, to go back to that, just exacerbates the issue a little bit more. And, and also notice here how like Manfred loves to bring up the fans, right? Like this is like a fan thing. Like no, fans just want baseball, right? And for the players to be treated right. That's what fans want. You're, this isn't giving it. It's not a pay cut, okay? <laughs> Give them a pay cut and then see how it actually feels. Rob Manfred makes like $11 million a year, by the way. Lastly, on timing, um, we're doing everything we can to get a deal done for our fans. We had hoped that a federal mediator could provide some assistance to help the parties work through their differences and break the deadlock. Uh, we believe that the involvement of an impartial third party could help bridge some of the gaps and facilitate an agreement. The FMCS is there exactly for these types of labor disputes 
And we thought it would be productive given the tightening calendar. Yeah, players just didn't want it. While it's unfortunate that it it was rejected, we remain committed to offering solutions and will once again offer the Players Association a proposal on Saturday in an effort to move the process forward. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. He answered some questions and like, I'm not getting into like the whole like stock market. It's hard to be an owner thing. Like you've seen that probably a thousand times on Twitter. You already know my take on that. I don't need to hash that out. Um, but like, he's trying to make it about the fan experience. Like I said, like he's doing that, like, Oh, that's good for our fans and the fans of this. I remember like when he, even at the very beginning, when we started the lockout and all major league baseball, like shut down on the internet and was like, dear fans, this is from Rob. This is Rob Manfred. That whole thing. It's like, if the owners actually and Major League Baseball like actually cared about the fans, like actually really did care about the fans truly and honestly, then they'd get the game back on the field as quick as possible, right? That that's all we're talking about here. That's all the fans care about. That's all they care about is getting back on the field. So how do you get back on the field? Well, you go in and negotiate with them. You don't try and bring a mediator in. You don't wait a month. You don't not propose something and wait three days after a, or two days after a press conference to do it. Like, no, if you actually cared about fans and you actually cared about growing the sport, you'd go out, you'd sit down with the players, you'd listen to their concerns honestly and try and find a happy medium. If not, just give them what they want. It's not like if they do all the things the players want, all of a sudden owners have $3 in the bank. They're fine they're gonna be fine right play pay the players so the fans can actually enjoy the game again Bet Online has you covered this season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before with the Super Bowl coming up in less than a couple of days. It's just a few days away. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Back here on Locked On Angels, your first listen of the day. I'm Steve Granado. I'm curious to see what this proposal is. Again, Saturday, they were going to be proposing um, what whatever it's going to be. I'm very curious to see how much they actually concede, how much it's like a, I'll see it when I believe it situation right now. That's how I feel about it. Let me know how you feel about it in the comments here on YouTube. Um, and of course at locked on angel, speaking of that Twitter account, we asked you fans on Thursday, how you were feeling about this. This is what we asked. We said, what part of the MLB lockout do you care about the most? And of course, Twitter polls only gives us four. Um, Winning barely, tanking was the number one problem. The options were service time manipulation, tanking, revenue sharing, and younger players' salaries. Um, and Angels fans not resoundingly said tanking, but 36.8%. Uh, second was younger players' salaries, 309 And then service time manipulation was right there, 294 And revenue sharing was under 3%. So tanking. Tanking seems to be the big issue, at least amongst these here, uh, among a certain set of Twitter Angels fans. Obviously, this is not scientific, just a poll on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that that is the one that like has the most 
like it's like the umbrella effect. Everything underneath that, right, is all the issues that that go along with service time manipulation and and the player salaries and all that kind of stuff kind of falls under that umbrella. So I completely understand you. Tanking is an issue. It is a big issue. Um, and that's the one that hurts the integrity of the game probably the most. Um, but again, it's like that overarching theme. Um, I got a couple of responses to this. I wanted to highlight those. This is coming from Eric Alejandro who said, both younger player and service time, they kind of go hand in hand to a certain extent. Yeah, this is all... All goes into itself, right? All goes into each other. Um, I think that's kind of the main thing, the main problem uh, throughout all of this. Um, I got one more uh, coming here from Halo Dad's Little Free Library. It said tanking, increase the competition to make teams spend money to make their teams better, right? So how are we doing that? We talked about that with like incentivizing winning as opposed to uh, rewarding losing, right, with the draft lottery. Yes, again, I, I th I'm slightly in favor of a draft lottery. I think that'll probably end up being the way that it ends up going. It's very clearly better than the system now in place, but it's kind of like incremental, right? I, again, would still rather have an incentivized system as opposed to rewarding a losing system. But yeah, man, let me know how you're feeling about all this stuff here in the comments. And of course, tweet me at Locked on Angels. Give me a phone call, 714-409-6396. This is a lot to go through. Again, we we aren't going to go into the like Q and A that Rob had, but it was not eye opening. But you kind of just get revealed every time you go like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that this is the way you think." It's a bummer, dude. Um, I'm curious to see what that proposal is on Saturday. And again, we will talk about that. Um, I hope that it edges closer towards the players. We're starting to get into a bad situation here. Um, spring training is almost not going to happen on time. If this Saturday proposal falls through, which I see no reason why it wouldn't, then spring training is not going to, at least they're not going to report on time, right? They report next week after the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that's happening. Um, but again, let me know how you're feeling about this or shoot me a tweet. And of course, I'm at Steve Granato as well. Um, our voicemail line is in the episode description. You can always hit me up there. Um, we will take your questions for Monday. Hopefully we have some good news as far as getting closer to a resolution. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets hosted by your boy Q with X. Expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us here in today's episode of Locked on Angels. Hopefully you like this new style. I wanted to do something a little different um, and kind of give you my thoughts on the Rob Manfred press conference. All right, guys, we'll talk to you on Monday. I'm Steve Granato. Later. Later.